ready for another episode of Wanderings and Wool Gathering? Good. Here's Foggy. Welcome to Wanderings and Wool Gathering, episode 83. Seems like it's been a while since we've been here. And it has. We've been on hiatus, but we are excited to get back and uh, bring you some music reviews and some awesome challenges. And tonight is no different. We will be discussing the new album by Billie Eilish. Not uh, typical fare on this show, but um, definitely worth a listen and worth a review um, as she is very popular and, you know, our kids seem to like her. So, And uh, we'll be doing a challenge by Teabags. So let's get after it. Joining me tonight is Joe Reif. He's a Tuffy's man. Holy cow, I'm really Harry Carey fan. He flies a W flag. Upside down because he's Mexican. Joe Reif. 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 Good evening. How is everyone? Excellent. Great. Good. I was like, it's been a minute. It's just been two minutes, actually. That's it. Not six months, I promise. No. (laughs) The first voice you heard there shortly before that was Teabags. Welcome. Swinging deep into the valleys of Liptonia. That's nasty. Able to plunge from high altitudes, only to land with a gentle splat. That's nasty. Receiving only the finest education from his instructor, Earl Grey. It's... It's... T-Bags. Too hot for TV. Good to be back. It is good. And finally, it's the metalhead himself, Mr. Mundy. Welcome. Step inside into his mind. It's boy band time. It's... Metalhead Mundy. How's it going, everybody? Super excited to talk about Billie Eilish. <laughs> we can tell from your text. <laughs> well, I'm just, I'm really curious what you have to say, because I know you you gave it a, an effort and, you know, you gave it a chance. So even if you don't like it, I'm curious what oh. you have to say. Oh, I listened. I listened. boy. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody have anything in the uh, short time that we were out that you need to tell everybody about? Um, well, in the, what are we listening to category, I would say anyone who hears my voice saying this, if you are not listening to Amethyst Kia, you are wrong and your life will be better if you did that as soon as possible. Very good. Yeah, I agree. I don't know if my life would be wrong per se, but uh, I would definitely be missing out. I can agree with that. It's my opinion. My opinion. <laughs> we could mention that um, four of the five of us on the show got a chance to actually sit down and meet with someone we've interviewed on this show in person, face to face. Indeed, we did. Mr. Kevin Rader from Jack the Radio. Yeah, so, it was great. Yeah, it was fun. And it's nice to know that when you interview somebody, you know, over a Google Meet, or whatever it might be, um, and you get one persona, but when you meet him in person, they're the exact same person. That's yeah. always it was, awesome. Yeah, it was great. I mean, he's, uh, you know, in talking to this band from North Carolina, we found out their drummer is from our area. So that was crazy. And he just, 
you know, he hit me up and said, Hey, I'm going to be in town around the 4th of July visiting family. If you guys want to get together. So we did, we went to our local sun King brewery here in Kokomo and sat down with him and his wife and we had a great time. Good discussion, beautiful weather. Good he brought time. us gifts too. brought us a stack of vinyls. We could all yeah. partake in. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun. Yep. Sounds I've already great. played the vinyl. Which mm-hmm. is cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And I think the, uh, video of creatures won an award um at a short film festival it's been Um, going all over the place justin zimmerman from who we've also talked to on the show from a wave blue world comics company um he directed the video and uh he's been shopping it around taking it to all kinds of different film festivals it's been pretty cool to see that yeah, and an awesome shout out to him. Brickerdown Productions, I believe, is is yes. it Brickerdown.com or mm, I don't I don't remember. We'll have to check that out and get that to you. But uh he does some great work. Another super awesome guy. And uh what a project. The uh it was so much fun listening to that record and reading the comic at the same time. That was a cool yeah, experience. Yeah. I wish more people would do that. Because I really need to buy more comics. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say, okay, so you know, I am a huge Anthrax fan. It's my favorite band of all time. I have an Anthrax tattoo. I, like, I'm in. So they released, this is the 2021 is the 40th anniversary of them being a band. And they've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff. And they released a graphic novel that is, it's basically a, an adaptation of their album, uh, Among the Living. Like, each song, each chapter in the book is like adapts one of the songs off of that album and i uh that was ordered for me as a gift like before christmas and i just got it not terribly long ago and since then this is like you're talking about like music doing projects with comics and all that i'm seeing graphic novels like for everyone dio rise against uh i just saw one today for somebody that i I was like really what but it's like i mean every band you can think of i keep seeing ads for graphic novels of their stuff i'm like huh interesting so i guess that's a thing now yeah stone sour had one like i don't know 10 or 12 years ago yeah uh, for house of golden bones that was pretty cool Mm -hmm. so i highly recommend every band do that yeah (laughs) At least a coloring book or an activity page, something to do. An adult coloring book. Yeah. We're adults here, okay? It means you use colored pencils, right? I will say, though, that I got uh, through a cousin of my mom's who's recently passed away. Uh, mom's been cleaning out his apartment, and so he collected everything. I've got baseball cards. I've got books. And I've got his stack of vinyl, and it was really enjoyable to go through those albums. And I actually was just sitting there, just kind of looking at the cover, reading the liner notes, checking out the artwork. I was like, this is so because, I mean, we listen to a lot of these albums just usually while we're doing something else with headphones, Bluetooth. It just kind of feels dishonest at times. So it was nice to sit down. I'd gotten the record player back out for the Jack the Radio album and then got to go through Mark's albums, which some of the stuff I like and some I don't. But um, the whole experience kind of came back when I was sitting there reading the looking at the liner notes, looking at the jacket. So 
if we got to do graphic novels, let's do graphic novels. Let's do something while we're listening, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I miss having the time to just sit with a physical piece of artwork while you're listening to the music you know you can read the lyrics gosh i did that so much mm-hmm. as a you know as a teenager just sitting in my room i'd even just put my headphones on and lay on my bed in total darkness and just you know like i don't really do that anymore mm-hmm. miss it no nope. yeah and liner notes don't have pop-up ads which is kind of nice so. yeah that's true too <laughs> very good Touché. all right well that was uh Good round table. But we have business to do, gentlemen. We've got a challenge. And uh, T-Bags, you had it this week. Do you want to explain to everyone? Yeah. I, I don't know if it's just age or what, but um, I came across the song recently, and I was like, I loved that song, and I completely forgot about it. Like, you could have given me a thousand guesses of a song I listened to a lot when I was younger, and, and what would it be, and I would have never gotten it, but it just happened to come across uh, the channels that I was on, and it made me think, like, well, what other songs did we forget along the way? You know, if we could rack our brains and make one come up, and then does it still hold up? Um, I won't give too much away because it, it, the challenge came out of something that I was doing for myself. So, but I was interested to see if you guys had the same experience. If you did find something that you'd kind of forgotten about, um, what it meant to you, and and how it holds up today. Okay. Uh, mine's lame, so I'm just—I'll go first. Um, <laughs> now, I really—I—I I hadn't. Nothing was coming to me. I mean, I knew exactly what you were talking about, but nothing was hitting me at all. And I guess I was probably thinking about it. But I was sitting in the theater Thursday watching Suicide Squad, and there was a part in the movie where the music hit, and all of a sudden it just felt like I know that song, but then it changed and it wasn't. But then I just trapped in my head that the start of this song sounded like something else. And eventually I came around to it. It was Wave of Mutilation by the Pixies. And I hadn't heard that in a long time. And that takes me back to going to Bloomington uh, back in 89. And, you know, when we were in high school, it was, we listened to a lot of the classics, you know, Led Zeppelin. And, of course, I was listening to Rush. And, you know, in the locker room for sports, it was ACDC and Metallica, you know, so we were pretty much on that route, but then get to college and you get a whole new mix of music. And so it was, you know, the Pixies popped up and, you know, Mighty Lemon Drops. And there just were so many bands and that period of time is so special to me and all the friends that I met there. And that song is one of those that just fits in that category. I don't listen to it very often, but it absolutely holds up today because I went and listened to it after it popped into my brain watching the movie. But, um, yeah, it's fantastic, and well, I think we're all Pixies fans, so I think we all get that. But that was just a great time because that was when I really got introduced to a lot of different kinds of music. Did you say yours was lame? I know, right? Yeah, because I couldn't think of anything. It just why that's not lame. Oh well, I I wanted something to be like, you know, really profound, not Suicide Squad <laughs> prompted a wave of mutilation. <laughs> I thought it was that's a great answer. Anywho, All right. fit the criteria. I mean, you know, it's all good. I guess. I guess. So I felt like I was reaching for it though, because I bet it was just percolating up there and that challenge because I couldn't figure it out before that. Well, it's, it's tough too because you are trying to remember something that you had forgotten. How do you? I mean, how do you go yeah. back and find yeah. something yeah. you forgot about? So 
Uh, I think a lot of those songs are coming back around. I think the the big tunes from that era have kind of made their rounds. Commercials, movie scores, they do have kind of a nostalgic quality, but then Mm -hmm. we're getting some deep cuts in places like that, that unless you knew the band, you probably wouldn't know the song or... You know, you kind of sit there and go, wait a minute, where's this from? And we have tons of, like, it's not just 13 channels anymore. So all of these things that are being made, they might remake, like that remake of Mad World, or is it Mad World? I can't remember. But there's there's so many great, even remakes of songs that will prompt yeah. you to go back and listen. Yeah, there was another Teen Spirit remake in uh, Black Widow that was pretty interesting. The placement in the, in the movie made it pretty good, I thought. But Yeah. That's debatable, I suppose, for some. Uh, All right. El Rey. Um, My song that I uh, forgot about is uh, Hallelujah by Jeff Buckley, especially. Um, There was a point in time when we listened to uh, Grace. Was that that Jeff Buckley album? Yep. We listened to it quite a bit. And so that song kind of had a special... um, Kind of had a special meaning, and um, I—it's a strange album. It's an otherworldly album, you know. And you can kind of listen to it by yourself and get some moods, but it's also got some, you know, kind of romantic stuff to it. So anyway, I wasn't really into that tune. I liked the Leonard Cohen version as well. Um, there for a while, everybody grabbed onto it and covered it, so I kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of the covers were better than others. Others, most were not really that good i thought because it's such a good song so i kind of put it on the shelf but then as i went back through i thought what are some moments that you know this song triggered or this song um associated with that would trigger memories and i i realized man it was a special tune and yeah it holds up it's probably one i'd say one of the greatest songs ever written um just all time all genres um not instantly recognizable, but I think everybody's heard it, if that makes sense. So, but because of that little hitch there where it was on the voice or I don't know, American yeah, Idol, everybody did it on American Idol for yeah. a while. Yeah. And, uh, I think there's, you know, some of the covers are kind of slow and draggy and it's like, don't drag it out anymore. That's actually not what you want to do with that tune. So, um, it kind of stops at Buckley. So, um, yeah, I forgot it and it's a great tune and I haven't, I still haven't listened to it even after I remembered it for the challenge. So I need to go back and hear it again, but it's a good one to me. Yeah. I, I almost picked Buckley for a different song because we were, uh, one night, uh, Marianne and Sistine and I were up there and we were like sharing music. And of course, Sistine's obsessed with Bob Dylan. So everything <laughs> is check this Bob song, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I made her listen to, uh, lover. You should have come over. Oh, okay which is also off of grace. Um, and Connor Mason redid it, uh, for nothing but thieves and did an amazing job, but there's just something about the delivery and the live variation that Jeff Buckley does that I love. So I almost did that one. And that was an album that came to me from going to a store and they had the headphones out and they had a selection of, of CDs. And so the guy directed me to it and I listened to it and bought it right instantly. It was, yeah, so cool and different. That was a great way to find music back in the day. Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking of covers I, real quick. Sorry. Uh, speaking ahead. of covers real quick, this was, uh, I was on a Nine Inch Nails forum the other day, and someone someone just did this just to, like, kick the hornet's nest or whatever. But 
someone asked if anybody had heard Nine Inch Nails cover of Hurt. And <laughs> 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 the comments were just gold. So yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Jeremy. What were you saying? I was just going to say, speaking of Hallelujah, I think there's probably uh, an entire generation of people who came to that song when they watched Shrek. So, you know, there's that. Oh, yeah. Rufus <laughs> did it that time. <laughs> and I like Rufus, but he did not do it nearly as well as Jeff or <laughs> Leonard. Speaking of kicking the hornet's nest. That a boy. <laughs> All right, Monday, what did you have? <clears throat> well, see, you said yours was lame, so here we go. <laughs> <clears throat> so when I was a kid, I spent, my grandparents lived right across the street from me. So I was there a lot. Uh, <clears throat> I'd go hang out there, you know, of an evening, and they watched Hee Haw all the time. Grew up watching Hee Haw. They love country music. That's about the only time I heard it. Um, and we used to go out to eat with them a lot on Fridays. Uh, so my grandparents, they really liked Doc's Diner, if anybody remembers that. Oh, yeah. As, uh, was a pretty iconic place here in Kokomo. It's <laughs> been long gone for many years. It's now it's a Dollar General. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It isn't everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they liked going to Doc's and we'd go there all the time. Well, Doc's had a jukebox and my grandpa would always give me money for the jukebox. Every, I swear, every single time that we went there, I would play Elvira from the Oak Ridge Boys. Oh, yeah. I loved that song so much <laughs> when I was a kid with your giddy ups and um papa mau mouths and everything <laughs> and uh man i just i love that song so much and it's like as i got older i moved so far away from that kind of music and a song like that and i really hadn't heard it in like forever I hadn't thought about it hadn't heard it and uh you know when my dad uh, when my dad got sick and we had to like kind of start packing up his apartment and getting his stuff together, he had a CD that was the, like the best of the Oak Ridge Boys or something. And I was like, holy crap, Elvira. So, and uh, yeah, so that one absolutely does not hold up very well. <laughs> um, it's super dated. It's so cheesy. But it's still kind of great. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. Hard to hold up when it didn't really hold up at the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a mega hit, Tony. Yeah. I, no, I, I remember. To differ. No, anybody knows the deep voice. The oh, yeah. Voice, yeah. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> um, and 100% not lame. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a sweet story. They get married in the end, right? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a line high ho silver away. So <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I forgot about that. That is so funny. Yeah. I people ask me where I want to eat and I'll say here or there, but I'm always lying because I always mean I really want to eat at Doc's, but it's it's not there anymore. <laughs> yeah. You get a bag of chips at the general. Yeah. <laughs> In honor. Nobody's yeah. smoking, so it's not the same. I was gonna say, every dish was smoked. 
Uh, all right, teabags, what do you have? Okay, so um, mine was this is like in the mid 80s, probably, but and I was like a freshman in high school, I think, something like that, but kind of moving away from Beastie Boys and Fat Boys and any boys in the title bands. So, <laughs> um, and Marianne, my sister, Steve's wife, it was really into U2, and Somehow, somebody the other day mentioned you too, and I had completely forgotten about the song called "Running to Stand Still." I don't know if you guys know that one or not, but um, familiar. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it was like one of those ones where just the right time in my life, and they were. It said something like, "I see seven towers, but I only see one way out. You got to cry without weeping, talk without speaking, scream without raising your voice." And so, like, as the time I was getting into writing and poetry and stuff, so. It's like, oh my gosh, that's so cool, so deep, you know, <laughs> all of this stuff. <laughs> and uh, and so I, I really loved it, and I latched on, and it kind of took me in a different direction with music, which was cool. Um, and I went back and listened to it, and it holds up. Um, but what doesn't hold up is the poetry I wrote at that time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing like eighth grade inspired poetry about your girlfriend. Yeah. You know. oh, I have lots and lots of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it did kickstart my writing and took me in a different direction. So um, that's what really kind of kicked off this challenge was I, I listened to it with headphones at night and it just completely took me back to that time. It was cool. I know exactly what you're talking about with like hearing the lyrics at just that time when you're like you're starting to write. And, you know, my writing was like, I'm sure yours probably was too. It was like super emo. So, <laughs> you know, every, everybody's an emo when they're about 13, 14, 15. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, so that kind of stuff hits you like you hear that. And you're like, oh, my God, it's so deep. <laughs> this is my it's speaking of my soul. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. That's so true. Master of Puppets was like that for me, too. Yeah. The first time I heard that. And it was so against like how I was raised. Not that my parents like sheltered me or whatever, but I didn't hear metal like that or anything. Yeah. And, and, and to have the lyrics on top of it that told that story and just, you know, it hooked me. So that was a great anyway. song. I like that song. Yeah, you guys should check it out if you haven't heard it. It actually does hold up. So. I will. I'm I'm not familiar with that one. I don't go super deep on you two. Yeah, their first records are really strong, and then for me, it really tails yeah. off. I think Octung Baby was where it sort of started to veer off for me. That's probably the last one I paid attention to. To be honest with you, what was the one after that? The Zoo TV, or is that right? Zuropa. No, Zoo. Yeah, the tour, I think, was Zoo TV or something yeah. like that. But that that one has like a couple of songs that I like on it. And after that, I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. yeah. Which I one was, they... uh, we're going to put this on your iPhone, whether you like it or not. Or your iPod. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah. Uh, was that the good, was it better? What's the song? Uh, I don't remember. I can't remember. I, just remember I don't remember what it's called, but I remember when it showed up. Yeah. When we went to see them in 87 on the Joshua 2 trip, Joshua Tree Tour. Um, the opening band was this country band that came out, but it was you two dressed up. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of funny. They were playing a joke. So yeah. they were an excellent concert. I've heard their concerts are great. I've never been, but yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Excellent. Yeah, that was fun. Nice choice. Um, so next week, Mr. Mundy has the challenge. So what are we doing next week? Well, um, I volunteered to issue the challenge because 
I kind of had this idea, and I'll be honest with you, I feel like it's cheating a little bit, but I'm going to take Tony's challenge and flip it on its head and say, come up with a song or album, whatever, that you really did not like when you were younger. Like, when it came out, you were like, oh, this is so bad, it's terrible, and now maybe kind of grown to enjoy it a bit or, you know, maybe even love it. Yeah. Okay. I like that. Definitely challenging. That is going to be a challenge. Um, <laughs> th- thanks, Bundy. Can I just use El- Elvira? Yeah. Feel free. <laughs> Whatever you want. Really into it now. <laughs> it, it is, I will say, it's a bit of an earworm. <laughs> Because I can't yeah. shake it now. <laughs> it's, it's in my head right now. I <laughs> Quick, I'm going to play the Joe Rife theme song. i got to get this thing out of my head. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> All right. That's going to be excellent. So uh, it's on the spreadsheet. So we are ready to go for next week. Because once it's on the spreadsheet, it's locked down. It cannot be changed. Set in stone. It's not like that's a Google sheet or anything. So Challenge accepted. <laughs> All right. Well... It's interesting. We've been on hiatus, and the album that we come back to is Billie Eilish. It's not really in our wheelhouses, but I still think an interesting choice and lots of things to talk about. So, kind of glad that um, we did pick this one. And I'm really curious what everyone has to say about it. So, um, it's her second album. And I listened probably through completely at least six times. And, uh, I, I I don't know about you guys, but when I listened the first time, it didn't grab me. I didn't really feel like I had anything to hold on to. It really took a couple of listens for me to really dig into the things I did like, and maybe some things that I was questioning, but it was worth listening to six times. I'll leave I'll lead it with that. Yeah. I would I would agree with that assessment. Yeah. It took me like I especially that first song I didn't love. So I'm like, oh man, this is gonna this this is gonna be a lot. Yeah, it took what took me a while is I'm I'm actually kind of a little bit of a fan because I think she's got a fantastic voice. But I was really I loved the story and the combination of Phineas and how he works with music and very akin to like how Trent Reznor works with music. But so what took me a while was this was a departure from how that kind of all the quirky sounds and messing with tones and stuff. But so I agree too. It took me a few listens as well, even as a fan, but it was worth it. El Ray, initial thoughts? Yeah, it does take a couple of passes through, although it's surprising when you remember that it's her second album because it doesn't sound like a second album to me mm-hmm. um, as far as the overall structure of it, the overall... She's a very talented musician, so she's very capable of an album like this, obviously. But as far as the second one, I think there's a lot of maturity on it. Um, from where she started and shows a lot of good sense musically. So, but yeah, it does take a little bit to warm up to at first. My, yeah, my, she's not my favorite. I I really like her first album. I've never even listened to Uh, bad guy. I mean, it was a huge hit and I really, I love that song. I do. I think it's got a killer, crazy killer hook. That is, you know, talk about earworms. That's, that's just so good. It's really like a genius pop song. 
but I, her delivery, like it, it's just like, it feels lazy <clears throat> and I don't love it. It makes her, for me, makes her feel like a bit of a one trick pony because she never gets out of that mode. Like there's no variance and I say that as a huge metalhead who loves bands like ACDC who only do one thing. <laughs> but for pop music, I feel like it's a little different and my standards are a little different. And I, I can't get past her voice. When it works, it works and it sounds fantastic. Mm-hmm. But it's all the time and I don't love that. I, I want her to like sing and there's a couple of spots on this album where I'm like, Oh, 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 and no, <clears throat> nope, nope. Yeah. I, we almost got it, but then we didn't. Uh, yeah. I'm not trying to come out of the gate with all the bad things because I did like it, but I'm a hundred percent with you, Jeremy. She, I love that she can sing. I mean, she's just naturally talented and you, you mm-hmm. know, you've seen her on, you know, on some YouTube videos or different things, belting things out and it just feels so restrained and reserved. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I did have those moments too, Jeremy, where I was like, oh, this one, you know, she's actually like carrying notes and doing some variations and it's building, but yeah, it never came to that. Yeah. For me, I kind of felt the same. I was expecting at some point for her to like hit some big notes or, you know, to, I don't, I mean, I, it's hard to describe exactly how she sings, but the one song where I felt like she actually went the other direction and it was effective was not my responsibility. Mm-hmm. when she really slows it down and it feels really intimate, I feel like we're talking about a 19 year old girl here. And then throughout the whole album, I feel like we get a lot of really good introspection and on not my responsibility. She kind of goes through that whole thing about being famous, being in the limelight. If she wears comfy clothes, she's not a woman. If she takes them off, she's a slut. And then I really dug the last two lines where she says, is my value based only on your perception or is your opinion of me not my responsibility? But she yeah. really slows what she's saying down and almost a whisper at some point. And really, I felt like gave that intimate quality to it. So that was one that stood out to me in reverse, but definitely mm-hmm. stood out on the album. Yeah, That's a good point. And I, I, I don't know if you guys noticed this too, on that same one, um, there's a little bit of like a drip sound. And so it's kind of like Chinese water torture, which I imagine being famous and having all these things, you know, probably feels like that one at a time, you know, will drive you mad. So but I, I, I like the assessment there, Steve, that, you know, it was very much the opposite of what we're asking for. And it still was effective. That was on my list, not my responsibility. I, there was like three or four songs that I wrote down that I really enjoyed the music, if not, her delivery so much that was one of them i really i really like the music and that one i mean for what it was i think it was pretty good pretty effective and i mean it's pop songs are kind of i don't know if you're gonna go i don't would you even call that meta i don't if you're if you are going to do a song where you are talking about your life like that it's very literal and I don't know. I, it's mm, a little off the mark for me. 
Okay. El Ray, you started to say something there for a second. Yeah, I listened to this album and I know it's good. I mean, I know that it's good for many reasons, but I, I kind of feel bad because after a few songs, I am a little bit fatigued and I have to kind of wear out. And and uh, with a tune like Not My Responsibility, uh, you know, I feel like, not like we're not supposed to listen to this, to this but it's like, it's it's like we know it. Um, I don't, I, I guess I just wanted to respond appropriately to it. So I don't want to be like, oh, that's a, I like that song. That's a good song, you know, in the traditional sense. Uh, she is 19. She is dealing with this uh, lifestyle that, you know, some would choose and some get there and then want to leave that lifestyle, but, you know, just fame and everything. But uh, it's tough to grow up in the spotlight like, spotlight like this. But I think the stretch putting that song in the stretch of songs it was in, uh, in the in the, in the order of the, the album, I think the track layout, you know, kind of nestled in there right at the right spot, just as kind of a wake up that, you know, you've heard all these other tunes with different themes. Now I'm going to get really serious and then we're going to go back to business. So. Yeah, it was a great placement. I thought. I want to. I want to add to like. I'm not trying to sound like a jerk about that. Like that song specifically is. I mean, that is her feelings laid bare, and that is completely valid to want to express that and be heard. I get that. I'm all for that. It's just the you know to my ears the I didn't didn't love listening to it. I yeah, I had a similar note, Jeremy. Like I said, the uh, uh, I feel like that it was a song that she felt like she had to make, and I respect that. But mm -hmm. as far as latching on, because you know you can empathize or <laughs> it connects with you, it it could be an age thing too. I mean, she is <laughs> much younger than us, yeah. so you know those that's pretty raw for her. But it's like I feel like. We talked about it earlier, you know, being an emo teenager, like that's, we've all been through that and we're through the other side of it. So I don't know, maybe to hear that brought up again, like, mm, doesn't feel good or something. I don't know. Yeah. Thank God I didn't have a channel back then. To put these <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to jump in real quick and say something about a different song just because we're, uh, NDA was actually one of the ones I really liked. I don't know if that hits you guys on the radar. Uh, but there was, I like the production of it, I like a little bit faster pace. Mm -hmm. And there was a little like guitar part in there with the metronome sound in there too, on top of everything. But the guitar part sounded to me like they used an Eastern style type instrument, but played something that sounded a little bit like Old Town Road. <laughs> you know, it was like, <laughs> it was a very weird uh, mix, which I, I liked. But I also liked the song. I, I thought um, she used auto tune, which she doesn't need to. And I don't know if that was like a nod to it being false and like her relationships have to be false because you're signing NDAs, just have a relationship. But what did you guys think of that song? I tuned out immediately when I heard the auto tune. I freaking hate that. And so when she did it, I just thought with your voice, why are we auto tuning? You know, that's saved for like Kanye. You can't sing, you know, people like that. So yeah, instantly turned me off to that song. I thought we were uh, going to get the breeders cannonball at the beginning. <laughs> and then it kicked into another song because it's almost identical. I, yeah, I, I mean, I liked it, and I, I, I didn't like the choice of auto tune in the sense of like, you know, listening wise. But after I, a few listens, I kind of questioned why she did it, and that was 
Only thing I could come up with was, yeah, maybe it was an artistic choice to put something false in there. That NDA um, was I'm on sure. my list of the ones that I liked the music, but that was about it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it's fun. Well, it's got some soft, loud dynamics. It's got, uh, she kind of rap sings. I mean, it's a pop song, so I'm not, you know, if it's auto-tuned, I don't care. I mean, that's on this record. I mean, yeah, that's fine. I get she sings well, but she only used it on this tune and maybe parts of a one, maybe, I don't know. I'll have to think, but, uh, it doesn't, it's not out of place. So it's a fun premise. It's a, it's a funny kind of song. I mean, not Elvira funny, but I mean, it's, you know, <laughs> it's, it's clever. Well, it I'll say that. All right. Well, let's, we always talk about the album opener because of how important that is. And so what did you guys think of growing older? Did not love it. I like didn't, it didn't grab me. It didn't do like really anything for me, but make it feel like this was going to take a lot out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I wish it was, yeah, I, I didn't love it. Like, Oh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be totally into this album, but I did like the lyrics and I really liked, um, when she's talking about things I once enjoyed, just keep me employed now. That's uh, yep. kind of sad to hear that, you know, 19 year old who's really great at her craft. Yeah, I yeah, and then she goes on to say things that she's longing for. Someday she'll be bored. Yeah, so she already knows it's coming. Uh, I agree on the lyrics, but I felt like it set the tone for the album as far as thematically. You could already get the introspection. She's at a place where she can start to see things more clearly. Uh, her past, where she's at in the future. So, in that regard, I liked. I didn't love the music as much in that one, but I do like the song. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, I like right. the employment line. It took me 38 years. So I was twice her age when I realized that. So <laughs> good for her. <laughs> oh, a mature my. young woman. What did you I'm curious. What an old soul. Uh yeah, I actually the second track, the I didn't change my number. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like the uh just kind of the overall groove of that song and the the keyboards had a bit of a, an organ sound that I, I really, really enjoyed. So I thought that one kind of worked well. Kind of after hearing the first track, after that took me out of it a little bit. This one pulled me back in a little bit. Yeah. It's on, that organ sound you're talking about, too, I feel like came off the same kind of like sound on the first track. But it was like real subtle and subdued and not, mm-hmm. I don't think they were using an organ. But it sounds like it's the same kind of just like hitting the same key, mm-hmm. same chord. Um, I, here, this, is a, this became one of my sort of sticking points at one point on the album, and the song is Oxytocin. I think musically I really like it, and then lyrically I started to think, why are we putting this on a record with Not My Responsibility? Because you're putting yourself off as this sort of more innocent person and then on this one you're talking about doing dirty things to someone um having them come over on monday after they prayed on sunday you know so you can get busy or whatever it just as far as the album goes for me thematically did not fit but on its own i love this song musically and uh, i don't know what did you guys see that did you hear that speaking to what you're saying though it kind of goes back to what you were saying about not my responsibility if you think about it because it's she 
and not my responsibility. She said, if I do this, then I'm this. If I do this, then I'm this. And with this song, maybe she's trying to say she's all of those things. And she can be whatever she wants. Musically, that was a very, very solid song. But yeah. And I've read head, too. The- with headphones around the house. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Billy Boston over it was kind of like that too. But um, yeah, I think that I've read a lot of interviews where she said like she wears her baggy clothes and all that stuff so that people don't focus on her body and all of that stuff. So I guess the pass I would give her is, um, you know, she's talking about private moments, you know, um, so no one's really judging her except the person she wants to be with as opposed to a paparazzi shot of her in a bikini or something, you know. Like, so being judged. Talking, yeah, talking about private moments very publicly becomes a slippery slope very quickly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. And for the record, I don't, I don't show my body either. So don't <laughs> And you don't write songs about, never mind. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, I just, I didn't hate it because of that. I just kind of got a little sticking point on that. Uh, but I did really like Goldwing. I think I just like that one. Uh, again, I like the message there about you being used by the industry. So she's already figured that out in just a couple of years of being a musician. So she's definitely a bright young lady. I guessing like nobody that. else. Well, um, no, I, I like one, yeah, no. Go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, yeah, I didn't. That was not one of my one of my favorites. But um, I, you know, I was talking about her singing style and how. <clears throat> it's kind of one note for me and like but uh one of the songs that i think it really really worked on was my future Mm -hmm. really like that one i think that's a good example of how her delivery can be very effective when used correctly yeah that's a great point and i love the concept of meeting your future Mm -hmm. yes for yourself and not like most people say meeting your future spouse meeting your yeah Mm -hmm. just your future in general yeah, it was pretty cool. I, I did like the lyrics on that one, too. That was on my highlight list as well. All right. That's the one I want to say that song. I, I was listening to this on Spotify on the computer. So as I'm looking at playing each song, you can see the number of plays. And I believe my future was like the second or third highest. It had like over 230 million plays already. Wow. So So people are liking that one, I guess. Impressive. El Ray, what's a highlight? Um, I like my future as well. I think that that one was, did she play that at the Democratic National Convention or somehow or other get that associated with politics the last couple of years? So that one probably, I don't, and I didn't know if it was a single. It sounded like a single to me too. So I can totally see why that got more spins. Um, after Goldwing, I believe, is Lost Cause, which kicks off that streak of about four in a row that I really kind of enjoyed. Mm-hmm. Um, Lost Cause had that little slinky bass line that was fun. I like that. Um, yeah. I like the line about what is something about you're quiet, but you had nothing on your mind. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I wrote the same one down. You used to mm-hmm. think you were shy, but maybe you had nothing on your mind. Yeah, yeah, shy. Yeah. Um, that was a good one. Um I actually like Haley's Comet too. It's mm-hmm. kind of broken into a couple of parts. And actually, 
that four song set really doesn't pause much. It kind of feels like it's all one long track, or at least it really flows one into the other. And Haley's Comet is actually two different songs kind of mashed together, but I like it. Um, it's got a little, uh, you know, slide guitar, kind of a really ethereal kind of slide guitar going on in the background. So I dug that tune a lot. Um, probably my future would be my standout followed by oxytocin which i know is like you know which lane i think you have with her music i think you have to pick a lane that you like <laughs> and and i'm because about every other, i mean she has like two or three different kind of speeds i suppose and she does the kind of really soft lean in kind of ballad uh that might have some different instrumentation there's kind of a ballad at the end i can't remember the name of it but it starts with a, an acoustic guitar i believe um and it's like oh okay so that that fits yeah that's right um and then she does the pop thing like the um i don't know the kind of rap i want to be a rapper pop thing that's a lane you know so i mean it's just i think you just have to find your speed with her um and but i really think that 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 four song set like i mentioned from lost cause on was pretty solid for me. I think Lost Cause was the song for me that put together the music and the vocals the best. I felt some had really strong vocals and lyrics, but maybe not the strongest in the music department, but I felt like that was the one that married the two together the best out of all the songs. Yeah. I'll agree with that. Mm-hmm. I had one more I wanted to mention. This, this one falls into the uh, potential lost potential maybe category it was um your power and when i feel like it like it kind of started strong and that's one that i was talking about where like her vocals i'm like oh she's gonna sing she's gonna sing she and then it's like mm, nope she just kind of hits a couple of notes and then lets it fall down into her normal register and i was like man i you know it, I, I wish i could have had more of that um, I still, I did enjoy the song, but it, I just, I don't know. I just, I feel like there's so much more inside her that I want to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's I, fair. I had a note about that same thing on Haley's comment that I felt like cause she could pull it off like a Billie Holiday, Ella Fitzgerald type, you know, range and, and emotion. I think sometimes that's what yeah. it is for me too. Is like, there's some emotion that's missing. Yeah, for sure. I would agree with that. I think we all agree on the vocals. Yeah. Pretty much. Any final comments before we roundtable and rate this record? I'm good with uh, waiting a couple of years for another one, I guess. <laughs> Come back for episode 143 <laughs> for the next Billy Eilish. Yeah. All right, let's go. Does that math, uh, work? Does that math work out? Is that where we're going to be? <laughs> it does, yes. I, I would say uh, to that point that in a couple of years, it would be nice to see uh, what the industry does, what she does. Um, that's a lot of MTV Music Awards, you know, a lot of VMAs, a lot of uh, Grammy nights. I mean, a lot can happen between here and yeah. there. And it would, it'll be interesting to see where she goes next career wise. And, yeah. uh, and when, what do you do? I mean, does she go out and try to show some range or does she 
kind of stay in this in this vein? Does she collaborate with somebody? So actually, she's kind of an artist to watch for that for that point, I think, because I think there's so much there. Uh, it's just what will she do with it? What will we do with her? Um, what will fame do with her? What will she do with fame? So I think she is definitely an artist that does not give a shit what anybody else is saying about her music. I, 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 and good for her for that. Like, you know, this is most of this, I feel like is not for me and that's okay. And, you know, she's going to continue to do what she wants, make music that she likes and she feels, and that's great. Good for her. Yeah. Totally great. She'll pull in a uh, Dave Grohl or somebody like that for the next record. <laughs> <laughs> um, T-Bags, you chose this. So why don't we let you lead us off with your final comment and rating? Okay. Um, I was, you know, I thought maybe she was explaining a lot of her own choices and, you know, telling everyone to not focus on her so much and her body and her image and all that is good. I think it's her platform. It's her right to make that. And I think she did make an interesting album. Um, I'll give it more listens, but I ended up on a like a 3.25 out of 5. Okay. El Rey. Uh, I, like, I, like, I like the album. I would hope for a little more variety, but I like the honesty as well. So I'm going to say a three and a half out of five. Excellent. Metalhead. Um, I, for me, I don't like, it didn't hit real strong. So I, I would go three is kind of like decent middle of the road for me. So I would just, I would kind of go maybe more like a 2.5. And I really did enjoy the record. I didn't love it. And every time I started getting critical of it, I would think to myself, my God, this girl is 19. <laughs> you know, I mean, I think you have to keep that in mind. Uh, we're talking about somebody who potentially could be a musical genius, you know, in her time or do great things, but she's still 19, not even 20 years old. So I have to cut her a little slack. But I am going to rate this as a three out of five. And I may listen again now and then, but I don't see this as a regular playlist, for sure. Uh, Metalhead. Oh, go ahead. I was going to have Metalhead uh, tease our next week's episode, because I know you're excited about this one. What, you got something first, Tony? I was just going to say, I think that what's kind of fun is, obviously, like Jeremy said, this wasn't necessarily made for a bunch of 40-year-old guys or whatever, but <laughs> yeah, um, I like that we... I respect that we all gave it proper listens and dug in and things like that. And so, you know, I listen to a lot of podcasts that do that as well. So I think it's just a good effort. It's nice to be back and doing this stuff with you guys. Cool. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so next week, uh, JPP suggested this and I am 100% on board for this. Um, in August of 1991, Metallica released the black album, which you know, we all know it. You love it. You hate it. It is. It's a monster. You got to reckon with it. So um, they have started, they have done, well, they not started it. It's They're releasing it, uh, a project called The Black List, <clears throat> which is 54, I believe, 54 covers. 53. Of, 53, okay. 
covers of songs from the Black Album, which means you get multiple covers of each song. And I, you know, this is a, that's a dream for me. I love Metallica. I love the Black Album. I love cover songs. So I'm totally stoked for this project. Um, they've released several of the cuts as videos and songs and what, what have you. So we're going to look at a bunch of those for next week. So I, did you say there are 16 of them actually out? Right 16 now? have been released. And so yeah. we're going to do this as a, at least a two part episode. And so yeah. next week we'll just be the first part and we'll take care of those first 16 songs. There is no way in the world we could review 53 songs not and not be here for four hours. So yeah. I think this is perfect that they've released those. And then early yeah. September is the full release, but um, I'm excited to dig in and check these. I listened to a few yesterday, so. Yeah, I've heard do. a few as well. And I, I, it's, I mean, they're all over the place. It's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. We could yeah. do a tournament with them. We could do a battle royale for the best version, but I don't know. Put together our <laughs> ultimate, yeah. ultimate album. See, who covered yeah, it best? You're starting to talk about best and all that. Like I, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like it. That's covers are so subjective, and it's you like what you like, and that doesn't mean you have to like what I like. And no, no, no. There's five of us, so you got to have a winner. <laughs> we're gonna so fight. I say we do it. <laughs> we're gonna make teams, right? Of our top fives and battle them out. <laughs> Well, we got to find the best version of each song on the album. <laughs> well, we don't have them all yet. So. No, but we will. We're done with part two. Well, I wish you guys luck. I will be at Dermot Kennedy next week. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that sucks because I, I, I love the Black Album. I love the Black Album. I thought it was great. So. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. We'll see. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, next week we'll be tackling Mr. Mundy's challenge and we'll be listening to Blacklist. Until then, where can the folks find you guys out there on the media? Is that right? Um, go to Instagram and uh, type in it's uh, LRay4. Just type that in there and uh, I've got some pictures of stuff that I do, uh, like me sitting on the couch a lot. And uh, I, I don't make I don't make videos that only you can see um, or these guys on this podcast only see. So that's uh, not my experience. Uh, you wouldn't have to sign an NDA. I'm just throwing album references in there, but it's, it's Instagram and it's already for it's way more exciting than my introduction to it there. So. And that's E-L-R-E-Y. Number yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Spanish. People yes. are out there L hyphen R A Y. Why does this work? Lora- Lora- I want to see him on the couch. T yeah. <laughs> bags, where can we find you? Um, I'm on the Facebook page for Wandering and Wool Gathering mostly. So that's the best place to find me. Sweet. Metalhead. Uh, also on Instagram at Metalhead Monday. You know, same as Joe, pictures from life. I don't have any good couch pictures, but I can work on that. I expect one tomorrow. I'll be looking. <laughs> and I'm Foggy's pal. You can find me on Instagram and the Twitter. So come and see me there. Until next week, for challenges and Metallica, we will see you then. Bye now. Bye.